0: And it is Jesus who makes this a glorious day. Welcome to this morning's broadcast. Glad you could join us. Please turn in your Bibles to the Old Testament book of Joel. We'll be looking at Joel chapter 1 verses 9 through 12. Spiritual heart disease leads to dried up silent worship. Certain application questions are raised by these verses. In God's judgment, will modern local churches be deprived of the materials which we use in our corporate worship? And are there figurative locusts buzzing over America and over the Bahamas? And now, with his message for today, is our pastor, Robert Elliott.
1: God's judgment was designed to wake up his people so they could smell the coffee of their sin to see that they could not present these offerings to the Lord anymore because of the devastation the locusts had left in their land. You see, the raw materials that they once took for granted to make these grain and these drink offerings were no longer available. Just like in wartimes, there were rationing of rubber and metal and food. Here, as the war was fought overseas... Because the materials that normally were readily available, gasoline, were no longer readily available. So there was rationing of all these commodities so that the boys overseas could fight the war and win against Hitler. God is judging this nation historically taking away the raw materials, the ingredients of commonplace, everyday offerings that they were used to offering to God to celebrate his fellowship and his presence with them. They couldn't make grain offerings. They couldn't make drink offerings after the locusts hit because what they needed to make those offerings out of was not available. And there was no prospect of it growing back anytime soon. And even their spiritually dulled priests had remorse over the loss of the opportunity and over the loss of the ability to offer the grain and drink offerings to Yahweh God. See that in the second part of verse 9? The priests mourn the ministers of the Lord. I just wonder if the day will come when the Lord will deprive American Christians of the raw materials that we assume will be ready to use in his public worship. I wonder if the day is coming when the American church will be denied the raw materials that we utilize currently in public worship. Like what, raw materials, Pastor? Like Bibles? Like church buildings? Like musical instruments? Like PowerPoint projectors and slides? Like computers? like communion bread and juice, like cash. I just wonder if the day will come in America when, as a judgment from God, the Church of Jesus Christ is deprived of the raw materials of corporate worship that we have been used to just having at hand. I wonder. I wonder if the day will come when God Almighty will deny us American Christians these raw materials. And I guess the answer to that question depends upon our hearts. Ancient Israel got into the world of trouble they got into because of their hearts. They had heart disease that brought down the judgments of God upon their vineyards and their crops. And as I look around, I think that heart disease seems to be prevalent in our brothers and sisters in Christ and in our own lives. Verses 10 to 12 The field is ruined. The land mourns, for the grain is ruined, and the new wine dries up. Fresh oil fails. Be ashamed, O farmers. Wail, O vine dressers, for the wheat and the barley, because the harvest of the field is destroyed. The vine dries up, and the fig tree fails. The pomegranate and the palm also, and this apple tree. All the trees of the field dry up. Indeed, rejoicing dries up from the sons of men. Ruined fields, that was literal. Mourning the land, that was figurative. Ruined grain, that was literal. Dried up new wine, that was literal. Failed fresh olive oil, that was literal. Destroyed wheat and barley, that was literal. Dried up grapevines that was literal. Failing fig trees, pomegranate trees, palm trees, and apple trees, also known as apricot trees, all these literally dried up. This must have resembled a war zone. And in verse 12b, there was also dried up human rejoicing. And remember, these were not pagan humans. These were not Gentile humans who did not know the true and living God. These were not individuals who were groping around to know how to worship God and to please him. These were God's covenantal people. But the judgment of God upon them was so severe that all of their rejoicing dried up. They were silenced with respect to praise and worship. Silenced. What a very grim situation in the nation of Israel's history. The harvest time, usually the season of delight and reward of hard work, had become a time of despair and silence instead. National sin had not only devastated the crops in the field and the trees in the orchards, but national sin had silenced sacrifice and song in worship. It was the real-life outworking of Proverbs 14:34 Righteousness exalts a nation but sin is a disgrace to any people Righteousness exalts a nation but sin is a disgrace to any people Could America or I could say Canada could America be disgraced by our national sin abortion pornography idolatry and greed Banishing the Word of God from the public forum, homosexuality, sex without covenant responsibility, fatherless homes, prostitution, fraud, graft, human trafficking, alcohol, mind altering non prescription drugs, violent. Video game entertainment and violent cinema productions, perverted entertainment, self worship, calling evil good and good evil. Could America be disgraced by our national sin? Could the American church be deprived of joy and all public worship? Be looking. Be looking around, and are there figurative locusts in the air over the real estate between Hawaii and Maine, between Minnesota and Texas? Are there figurative locusts buzzing in the air over this country? We don't see any reference made to the United States in Ezekiel or Daniel
0: or Revelation. That's significant. Thanks, Pastor Rob, for your message today. And now it's time for Youth Talk with Pastor Nicholas Rogers.
2: Good morning. This is Pastor Nicholas. And this is another edition of Youth Talk. And today we want to talk. Uh, continue talking about imitating. And when we imitate someone, we become like them. And the last time we talked about, we talked about imitating God and becoming like Him and, and, and showing the love of Christ to people. Today we want to talk about imitating others. You know, for me in my life, God has placed many spiritual Men in my life that have shown me how to love Christ, how to become like Christ, you know, and this is how we, as each individual as Christians, we need to understand that our life is a, our life should be an open book. Our life is, a, is a, it should be on portray for the world to see Christ in it. So as we look at this morning, we want to take it off from imitating Christ to imitating others. And Hebrews thirteen six to eight says this. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Verse 7, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. As we consider verse 7, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. You see, we need to recognize as, even myself, as being a a pastor, that I need to recognize that my life is being watched. Each one of us as a believer, our life is being watched. You see, we need to, whether we know it or not, each of us is an imitator. Some of us imitate our parents, others imitate what we see and hear on television and the internet, and some of us imitate the people we most looked up to. But we need to understand that not everyone is worth imitating. So we need to make sure that as we consider that, we need to find people that are following Christ and that we can imitate their lives. You know, Paul basically showed us this example and Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11 and 1, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Paul had nothing to worry about. Paul said, you know what? I'm pursuing Christ with everything that I have. Everything that I am, I'm pursuing Christ. And as we consider this in Hebrews 13 and 7, Paul, it's talking here. It's talking about how leaders need to understand that they're being watched. They're being looked up to. Again, we are, each one of us as a, as a born-again believer, a call to disciple, to mentor people. Um, again, I, I thank the Lord for what people that God placed in my life that I can look up to and have helped me um, through my walk at Christ and, and like str- show me struggles that I go through and, and they were there for me. And I know I wouldn't be the way I am today if it wasn't for them. But I think too many times, we as Christians, we want to keep everything closed. We want to keep everything in a box. You know, we have to be transparent with people because that's beyond none of us are perfect. We all struggle with different things. We all have, you know, problems. But this is where accountability comes in. This is where transparency comes in, where we can talk to someone because we've been through this in life. You see, there are the things that I will go through in life that some people will never go through in life. And I can help those people. Or I may go through something, and you may go through it years later, and I can help you through it. But I think too many times we, we get so caught up and we get so caught up in just closing ourselves to everyone else that we don't show them Christ and we don't show them what it means to live in Christ. So, how does a follower of Christ develop this kind of confidence in the Lord? Experience walking with the Lord through life. Cultivate confidence in the believer. Mature believers have more confidence in the Lord because they have seen God's faithfulness in their own lives. You see, as a, as a young person, you should find someone in your church and find someone that you can look up to and ask them, can you mentor me? As adults, we need to look for younger people and say, you know what, how can I mentor you? What can I do? How, you know, I want to be transparent. I want to you know, walk through life with you. Because I think that as we consider the church, and as we consider what we're supposed to be doing in, in life, we need to understand that we are to represent Christ. And as a believer, we should not be scared to tell people, look at my life, but we should want them to look at our lives. You know, when you consider, you know, basketball, and we consider some of the greatest NBA players of all time, uh, we can consider, as, as many will say, Michael Jordan learned a lot from Dr. J., um, you know, Shaquille O'Neal will talk a lot about how he learned from Akeem Elijahwan. But even as we consider Akeem Elijahwan, probably the greatest basketball player today in the NBA, LeBron James, has says how he has worked on his game, spending time with Akeem Elijahwan, imitating moves and, and doing things to become like him. And we see how older players have mentored younger players. The question I have is, why is it not happening in the church? Why have we allowed the world to show what mentorship is and discipleship, but in the church we have let this, you know, just become just a word to us, where we don't try to look for younger people to mentor and to help them? I think too many times we, we get so caught up and we get so busy in our own lives and we're so wrapped up in, and in, in, you know, becoming popular and becoming, you know, so you know, mixed up in the world and and becoming successful that we don't worry about people's lives. As believers, we are to be looking out for others and we are to recognize that people should be able to look at my life and say, you know what? I want to become like so-and-so because I see the love and passion for Christ. But also we need to ask each one of us need to ask ourselves this. Is our life worth imitating? Because we don't want to imitate someone who's going to lead us down the wrong path. And I think we need to understand as as a young person, there are people who we like to imitate that we should not be imitating. We want to imitate actors or, or rap stars or, or whoever it may be. We want to imitate these people when they're leading us down the wrong path. You know, the Bible is very clear to say that bad company corrupts good character. We need to make sure that we find people who are worthy of imitating. People who are pointing us to Christ. People who are... Um, letting us, you know, become more like him instead of more like the world. Someone that we can find, ho- find the love of Christ. And as, again, as we think of Hebrews 13, says, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. And the verse here, verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We need to recognize that Jesus Christ is the same. It didn't matter... What was going on? He was the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when we go through trials and we go through tribulation, we need to find our strength in him and know that he is always there for us. He promises he'll never leave us or forsake us. So again, I want to ask you, who are you imitating? Is your life worthy of imitating? Is there an adult that you can look up to and ask, will you disciple me? Will you mentor me? You know, Because I think that, again, as believers, we need to understand that our lives are being watched and we need to be an open book. I want to just take a a couple of minutes here just to tell you about some things here at Calvary Bible Church and some of the things that we have going on here at our church. And we have a a junior church program for for kids on Sunday mornings from 11 o'clock to 1215 during our 11 o'clock service. We also have a cross trainers ministry on Tuesday nights from 6 to 8. This is for kids ages 5 to 18. And we also have a youth ministry here on on Friday nights for grades 7 to 12. And we would love if if you would like to be a part of this. If you have any questions or you need more information, you can feel free to call the church and you can ask to speak to Pastor Nicholas. And the number here at the church is 326-0800. I want to thank you again for listening to your talk, and I hope you have a good day.
0: And now, today's personal God story.
1: Well, this morning, I'm very pleased to have Sister Martha Albrey in our radio studio. And uh, How are you doing this morning? I'm doing fine, Pastor Rob. Oh, that's great. It's great to have God's stories that we can share with our listeners. And tell me, were you uh, born and raised in Nassau or somewhere else?
3: Yes, I was born in Nassau, Bahamas, and I was raised here from birth.
1: Fantastic. And I know that uh, you, like so many of us, have seen God bring you through some crises in your life. And um, one of those had to do with your daughter and a medical need. And I wonder if you could help us know what the Lord did for your daughter.
3: Yes, God was very faithful in bringing her through her surgery. Back in 1989, she was uh, diagnosed with a brain tumor Mm. and uh, she had to have surgery in Florida. And we were there for four months. Wow. It was really a long time. But during that time, I really saw God work in our lives. And um, my daughter, she was very uh, much involved with church and the choir and everything, and she knew the Lord. Yes. And the morning when she was going in for her surgery, the one thing that really stuck out with me and my husband was she was very happy, and she said to us, Mom and Dad, don't worry. I'm in the best physician's hand. Wow. And if I don't make it, one day you'll see me again Mm. and so that was very encouraging to both my husband and i
1: i'm sure really showed that charmaine had set her roots deep into the lord and his word before she had a crisis yes you must have seen the lord do some unique things uh around the time of her surgery or afterwards can you think of one that stands out of what god did
3: Yes, it really brought our family closer together. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it just shows that once we put our faith and trust in God, he can bring us through no matter what the circumstances are. So
1: true, and he brought something beautiful out of something difficult
3: yes, to draw you did.
1: closer together. Yes, he did. Oh, that's that's fantastic. I praise him for that. Now, I also know that uh, you're a widow yes, and that your dear husband, J.R., went to be with the Lord. I wonder if you might share with us, please, some of what the Lord did and has done um, and maybe some things you've learned out of that uh, bereavement.
3: Yes. God has really worked in my life. When my husband passed away, very suddenly, I was totally numb. Mm -hmm. I was in shock. I felt like, is this really happening? Mm -hmm. I went through a very rough time during that time. Mm -hmm. I was in denial. I went through all the stages of grief. Mm -hmm. I had to seek counseling because he was my supporter, my provider. My friend, mm-hmm. my husband, mm-hmm. the one whom I loved dearly. Yes. And we got married very young, mm-hmm. so we grew up together. Yes. And had five children. Mm-hmm. And so it was very difficult for me with him being gone so soon and going so quickly. Mm-hmm. But I had to be reminded that he always spoke of going quick when God was ready for him. Mm. And he loved the Lord. And so he always said to me, Honey, I don't want to suffer. I don't want to linger. I don't want to ever have to be in hospital. And so he got his wish.
1: The Lord granted him yes. those wishes. Wow. Yes.
3: Mm-hmm. Although it was very hard for me and my children to mm-hmm. accept. Mm-hmm. But over the, the time, you know, God heals. And there were many times when I was angry, Mm -hmm. you know, I was really angry because I would say, why, why? You know, I'd see all these other people on the streets and everything, and I'd wonder, why did God take him? Mm -hmm. But then I had to come to grips that God loved him Mm -hmm. and his work here on earth was finished and he wanted to take him home. Yes. So through that, it gave me an acceptance because mm-hmm. i know he's not dead i know he's still living yes he's with the lord you know and it took me a while to accept that but yes. i've i've come to that acceptance to know where he is and one day i will see him again
1: absolutely there'll be a forever hello yes no more goodbyes no that's that's really something i understand that you have brought something with you that i'm so glad that you have which has to do with your last uh, time with your husband on earth as it related to your time in God's Word. I wonder if you might share about that.
3: Our last devotion together was with the Choice Cleaning Calendar. And it was talking about David. And the verse was from 1 Samuel 30, verse 6. And David was greatly distressed, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And that's one thing I can be thankful for, that I can always be encouraged mm-hmm. in God's Word, and He will bring me through no matter what.
1: So true. That was very precious of the Lord, wasn't it? That yes. That particular devotional you shared with J.R. was uh, so meaningful um, at the time,
3: I'm right. sure, but then
1: since his passing.
3: Yes, and it also says... You know, in God's word, he says, I will never leave you or forsake mm-hmm. you. You know, he's always there with me.
1: That is such a help and such a a, a glory to God. And I know this morning, Martha, there are people listening. Yes. Uh, in New Providence and the other family islands that um, ha- have loved ones that may be facing a major health crisis or recent widows, men or women that have had to say goodbye in death to their their beloved ones. And uh, I think that your testimony, uh, your God story is so helpful because you basically have said that God uh, brought Charmaine through with faith Mm -hmm. and with confidence in God uh, having a plan for her life. But also since JR's passing, God has brought you through. Yes. And that you've been able to see and believe in time that JR's passing, although a, a shock to you and your family, was was no surprise to God. It was in his plan. Yes. His perfect plan.
3: I would like to say too, one of my favorite verses is Isaiah forty-one and ten. And I am gonna personalize it. It says yes. do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand.
1: That's a fantastic promise that we all can take to the bank when we know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Yes. Well, once again, thank you so much, Sister Martha, for coming in and telling a bit of your God story.
3: It was nice to be here, Pastor Rob, and I'm... Praying that somebody out there listening, my story will be able to help them.
0: Yes, me too.
3: whatever they're facing at this time.
0: Beautiful. You've been listening to Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church, Nassau, Bahamas. Our morning worship services are at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. in our sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. We encourage you to join us. Feel free to write us at eocradio at gmail.com. That's eocradio at gmail.com or P.O. Box N1684 Nassau, Bahamas. And remember, everyone needs a savior.